can't change your name, but apparently you can change my name. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't stick for uh, when I go back to when I go back to work. Well, I mean, maybe it should for a little maybe. bit, right? Maybe, maybe. I guess it'd be funny. All right. Well, we'll uh, welcome to Dynasty mode. Maybe we'll just use all that audio before then. <laughs> made Dave's name uh, beware has COVID on our Zoom call. So uh, how you feeling, Dave? Uh, I think I'm recovered. It's I'm like probably like day ten. It's about when they say you're you're pretty good. Um, I don't think I'm under uh, quarantine anymore by the town of Beverly. So they've been checking in on you. They called me once and they oh, really? told me that I had to stay home until the 17th. So I don't know if it's inclusive or or if tomorrow's my first free day. But do you have, I'm do not you have going anywhere of, anyway. I was going to say, how much snow do you have? It's like 10 inches. I don't know. It's blowing around so much that it's hard to figure out. Yeah, I was just talking to a mutual friend of ours who uh, I said, yeah, there's part of my driveway that literally has no snow on it. And there's part of my <laughs> driveway that I think has three feet. <laughs> so, sounds, sounds about right yeah so welcome back to another edition of uh the dogs will probably bark but maybe that'll uh be prevented by uh saying it at the beginning like it did last week yeah yeah i gave i gave uh stella a peanut butter kong a frozen Ooh. peanut butter kong so you may hear some licking but hopefully no barking <laughs> uh, how'd you feel about our uh, fantasy basketball draft I have no idea. <laughs> I don't normally play fantasy basketball. It's like, should we, uh, totally... should, we, should we pivot this to a fantasy basketball draft uh, after next week? Yeah. Ask, ask Mans if he wants to, to join. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, for a little, uh, a little basketball talk. Yeah. That'll be interesting. A podcast where about fantasy basketball, where the two people doing it don't know anything. <laughs> Although I guess that's what this podcast is when it comes to dynasty football. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's uh, no surprise in a league of uh, fairly smart football people, everybody who made the playoffs has appeared on the show. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who have listened from the beginning, I think we might have at least Kevin on for next week. And I think I'm going to ask Doug. Cool. I don't know how busy Doug is with the football season, but in the holidays, but look, I don't know. There's, there's there's not too much going on with the Patriots these days. I suppose. Well, Henry pissed off, uh, Nikhil Harry's (laughs) coach, but I don't know why he didn't tell him, look, man, I picked Nikhil Harry with a lot of draft capital in this dynasty. All right. Um, enough talking about ourselves uh we're doing we're doing the rebuild this year this week we're talking about your team's your team's trending in the wrong direction you gotta tear it down to build it back up and uh, we're gonna kind of walk you through the steps you ready mm-hmm. all right i mean i think this is a a universal thing uh we can both agree on you you need to do an evaluation of your own team that's like bordering on self-deprecating, you know, worst case scenario type stuff to assess where your team is at. You in agreement? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah. 
but you don't want to let everyone know there's a fire sale because then you start getting trade happy and you're not getting as much quality out of your trades. Yeah. But well, I mean, you, you can certainly let it be known that, uh, you know, maybe your elite elite players are available and hope that they go nuts over them because, you know, an elite running back is, you know, rare yeah. to come, come by. Yeah. If you have like Derrick Henry, this is probably the best value you're going to get for him. Right. Um, so the first thing I mentioned, uh, in our outline was you should sell off any piece that's going to decline in the next two years. Um, if you're not going to win in the next two years, that that's just wasted. So, uh, you know, like a, a perfect example would probably be a Derrick Henry. He's fantastic. Now. Um, if you're sadly, if you're not winning with him, might be a uh, time to move on from him. Yeah. And even if he, executes almost at this level for the next two years, there's still going to be that specter of people expecting when he's going to start wearing down. So his value won't be as high anyway. Right. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it was on the ringer fantasy podcast. It basically said you didn't want to draft anybody who had already had their best season. And they kind of mentioned him, Tyreek Hill and all those guys actually ended up having better season <laughs> than their best this year. So if you would avoid a players like that, uh, that being said, I, I, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, maybe even like an Alvin Kamara, um, the names that people are going to want to buy. Oh, my Apple watch decided to tell me about Alvin Kamara. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So you, you've done after you've flipped, whatever your assets are into, um, you know, whether it's younger players, draft capital, whatever. Uh, I kind of think that if you've decided to move. I'm not sure I understand. Right. <laughs> Siri doesn't understand what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, it's imperative to build a strong wide receiver core before building your running back core. I just think, wide receivers last longer. So perhaps if you're not good and you are able to pick uh, a premier wide receiver, you know, this draft and uh, wait, wait to get the, the running back in two years so that it, it kind of comes together all at the same time. And sure. I think you had a question about that strategy for me. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, have a bad team because you're rebuilding and you're drafting the first round and like those first three picks, do you, I mean, people are going to want to draft running backs there. Do you trade back? Do you draft the running back and flip him once he starts having value? What? Like. I would absolutely not reach for a wide receiver. Um, you know, I would, I, well, people might know that's your intention. Uh, yeah. I would do my best to just try to trade back. I think you can usually do a decent job of assessing a team's core, uh, you know, or the, the other teams around you. And at what point the best wide receiver is going to go off the board or the wide receiver, you know, when the wide receivers that you want are going to fall off the board. And if nobody is willing to jump from six to three, you know, five to two or whatever, um, then draft the running back. 
if you had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if you have Jonathan Taylor this year, you were still going to be able to get more than a first-round pick out of them almost as soon as you drafted them. Yeah. So um, you're, you're definitely leaving money on the table if you, you know, if in this case this past year with a number three pick, you took CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or Jerry Judy. Yeah, and I think those are totally fine picks and going to be solid players on teams, just not worth that. Um, so you wanted to talk a bit about picking up uh, some post-type wide receivers with some some uh, names that you think are worth looking into. Yeah, I, I mean, I think recently, um, this year, last year, and the year before, there have been so many rookie wide receivers that have done really well that people kind of forget that there's plenty of wide receivers that take a little more time to develop. Um, and like last year, there's a whole bunch of like wide receivers that were picked in the first and second round that have not produced yet. And I'd totally try to get them for pretty cheap. I had a, uh, last year, uh, you could probably still get Marquise Brown, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, Michael Hardman, and even Enkil Harry uh, for pretty cheap as like throw-ins on trades uh, if you are trying to flip some of your assets and uh, yeah or like Christian Kirk or Anthony Miller from 2018 uh, because they're still super young some of them are on like pretty crappy teams I don't know I, I'm, I'm not willing to to say they're they're crappy wide receivers yet and they're probably not worth that much yeah, I mean, uh, at least the 2019 guys, I think it's pretty easy to see a path where they um, succeed. You know, Marquise Brown, If I think if the, the Ravens add another wide receiver and Lamar Miller gets a little bit more accurate, all of a sudden he's living up to the hype. Paris Campbell, he just needs to stay on the field. Andy Isabella has flashed this season as Kyler Murray becomes a better quarterback. It wouldn't be crazy to see him become a better slot receiver. Uh, Hardman, I, I do think actually out of this whole bunch might have the most talent. He just, it's hard for him to just get the ball in that. Um, he could be the next Corey Davis. Yeah. I mean, he definitely could be a guy who breaks out year four, year five and uh, Nikhil Harry uh, you know, maybe he doesn't want to throw Cam Newton under the bus, but uh, yeah, you're, you're real fast. Gonna, his price isn't going to get much lower. I think people who have drafted these, some of these guys, are going to be frustrated and willing to just move on because it it's worth it for the, the peace of mind that you uh, you just no longer look at them and think about what went wrong. <laughs> they don't bring you joy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have this question for you. I, I didn't put it in until just a minute ago. So Justin Jefferson was a late first round pick last year in, in pretty much any format. Yeah. Which means he probably landed on a good team. You know, he probably landed on the champion, the runner up, or if he didn't, he probably actually end, ended up on a bad team that he made much better. So that would make this, uh, a mood point, but if you owned the team, you came up a little short this year, you had Justin Jefferson, uh, everybody always wants running backs. If somebody offered you Ezekiel Elliott for him straight up, would you trade him? If what position would my team be in? I'd be a crappy team. 
no, you're a really good team who just fell short. Ezekiel Elliott for for Justin Jefferson, I would be hard still. Um, but yeah, I guess so. Um, I think next year when Dak hopefully comes back, uh, Zeke Elliott should still be pretty good if he's still on the the Cowboys. Right. So I mean, I think I think that's like a perfect example of like a type of trade that would might maybe be worth making. It's clear if you're a bad team that Ezekiel Elliott's window is going to close on you. Justin Jefferson looks like he has, you know, the sky's the limit. So a really good team could certainly benefit from Ezekiel Elliott, and you might be able to squeeze Justin Jefferson out of them, especially if they're able to pick the equivalent of Justin Jefferson again in this year's draft because they came in second place. Yeah. You might be able to talk him into it. Um, This one – Seems like it should be uh, second nature. I'm bad about doing this, so hopefully by saying it out loud, uh, you know, I'll get better about it. It's, a, it's just try to great gain draft capital in all trades. Um, it means ask for a fourth round pick. Worst case scenario, they say no, and you just take, you know, you take that aspect of it off the table right away. Maybe you gain that fourth round pick, and then in the next trade you make, you tell them you want to flip that fourth for their third. Stuff like that. Yeah, and if you get stuck with a fourth round pick that you don't actually want to keep, you can just drop the player. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But it 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 seems impossible. It, it just seems like it's it's too easy, but when you're so focused on necessarily getting one piece of the puzzle that you can ignore another piece of the puzzle to make it, you know, what might end up swinging the trade for you or just, you know, just having more further on down the road. Maybe you trade that second fourth for a fourth the next year. Just keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, also with that, I would say, uh, you know, in that theoretical trade where you, you, you traded the really good player or a good player is equal Elliott to a, a championship team. If you're trading like a, a premier player to a team who's going to win or come close to winning the next two years, just remember that those picks aren't necessarily super high first round picks. So maybe you boot it a year, you, you know, or you set it up so that you acquire a first round pick and then the ability to swap first with them in a couple of years so that they're on the decline. They have pick number three, you're on the rise, you have pick number seven and you move from seven to three for nothing. Yeah. That'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah. Conditional picks. Yeah. It's just, just little things that are probably, you know, especially if the person comes to you for the trade, um, you're able to, you know, get little things that aren't going to make the trade not happen that these people are almost going to just kind of hopefully agree to because they want the the bigger piece of, you know, the puzzle. Um, So I I said in, in our outline, if you want current players, it's pretty stupid to try to, you know, if you're in a rebuild, don't go out and get Christian McCaffrey. You know, don't have trade your six good players for 
you know, Christian McCaffrey and look at it that way. But if you wanted uh, current players, I would say try to trade for guys who would make really solid seconds. And if, you know, not firsts, like if they're there, if they're your best running back, you're in trouble. If they're your RB two, then you're, you're doing pretty well. Um, some places, um, you know, you'll see these guys, they're not flashy. Maybe they're coming off an injury. Maybe they're a little bit older. And, uh, if you hit on your, your draft picks, all of a sudden, you know, the pairing of, uh, you know, this year it was, uh, Jonathan Taylor with David Montgomery would look really good right now. And I think you probably could have got David Montgomery pretty inexpensively this past year. And he's the type of player who I would say, if you have to have named players on your team, get a David Montgomery or an Austin Eckler. Uh, Montgomery's put up pretty big numbers, and they're just not that exciting. So it, it sort of doesn't get noticed. Austin Eckler, when he's been on the field, he's been fantastic. And um, that injury is not really a, the type of injury that I'm super concerned about somebody else. Uh, you know, it happening again. Um, Cortland Sutton, you know, and, and uh, OBJ, they're both coming off blown out knees. Uh, the Odell Beckham Jr. owner, I think, is going to be pretty willing to move on from him. <laughs> Cortland yeah, Sutton, I'm not quite as sure. I would want Cortland. I would, I'd want to hold on to Cortland Sutton would myself. Would you, but I think you probably listen. He's not an untouchable. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I think there was the potential for him this past season, if everything came together, to enter into that untouchable. Yeah, like, he was. Round. He looked real good. Yeah, so I think I think you keep things like that in mind. Um, Keenan Allen, he's still performing at a super high level. Uh, Justin Herbert loves throwing to him. That that offense is throwing a ton. I don't imagine the new coach that they'll have is going to not keep going with what works for them. I think they're just going to use Herbert a lot. Uh, are there any other players of that caliber that you think are worth acquiring? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would still be interested in like a Brandon Cooks. Uh, um, I, and I named a lot of them. Yeah, you did. So, um, and then this is something where I kind of feel as though you and I disagree because I mentioned Kyle Pitts in this. Uh, Kyle Pitts looks like he is the biggest, best uh, tight end prospect in quite some time the highlight reel is there and oftentimes really good teams get really good because they're super deep at running back and wide receiver and then they're kind of able to just plug in whoever at quarterback and tight ends because it's just a position you're able to boot um that being said i think a lot of times those players sort of fall and let's say the champion is able to replace Eric Ebron, who I think is like the tight end five on the season, but clearly like just not 
really the tight end five with Kyle Pitts late in the first round, that can prolong their, yeah. their dominance for quite some time. If you get that type of player, that type of player may never hit you know, the market again. And all of a sudden, every year there's five running backs that everybody wants. Every year there's five wide receivers people want. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can fill out those. And I, I said the same thing about Trevor Lawrence. Even if you're in a one QB league, you're probably set for 15 years once you've picked Trevor Lawrence. And maybe if you have Trevor Lawrence and then you also have a, like a Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, not, not that top, top tier quarterback, you're able to move them for, you know, a bit, almost like get Trevor Lawrence for free. But you said don't, don't use your first or seconds on a tight end. <laughs> I, I would strongly advise against it. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of track record of uh, first and second round tight ends that were drafted in the first and second round of the NFL draft that end up being huge fantasy stars. Um, I, I had a few. Uh, Kelsey was a third rounder. He had three tight ends that were drafted before him. Um, Kittle was a fifth rounder and Waller was a sixth rounder. Um, and I mean, like the, there's been so many tight ends that have been drafted in the first, second, third rounds that like have done absolutely nothing as far as uh, fantasy is concerned. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I would much rather spend that on a different position for the most part and just throw some darts in the, the third or fourth round of your, your draft, maybe the second round, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know. I think, I think obviously there is some, uh, some credence to that. I think we've talked about it before on this show at some point, how it does seem as though colleges, you know, who are running pro style offenses are kind of figuring out how to create NFL tight ends. I think, uh, you know, the Gronkowski Kelsey type of players were almost uh, like unicorns. Like they, they, they were something that needed to be molded once they got. Yeah. They were kind of seen as projects coming into the NFL. So they weren't created as highly by the, the, the teams that did draft them. Yeah, like Waller was Waller. Waller was drafted by the Ravens, and <laughs> well, I, yeah. Anybody who watched Hard Knocks knows the reason he failed was because he was an alcoholic. <laughs> so, I mean that that is also true. I, I mean, I think Waller is more akin to finding the uh, the bum on the the waiver wire. Yeah. That uh, that being said, I didn't write this, but I also think it's a great time to look at the waiver wire, you know, these next two weeks and, you know, assess your lineup and say, you know what, like, yeah, I still have Adrian Peterson on my team. Somebody's going to else is going to pick him up, but maybe uh, there's like a, you know, Isaiah Coulter, the wide receiver for the, the Houston Texans. Isaiah Coulter may never do anything but I think he has more value on your roster than Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. I do that a lot. I picked up Taysom Hill last year and I promptly traded him for Adelman. <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's like kind of funny is we, we even joked about it into this season. Your, your acquisition of Corey Davis was for a like third round spot start running back. Yeah. It was, it was for like peanuts. And at the time it just seemed like junk for junk. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you're certainly not feeling that way anymore. You're in the no. playoffs and he's in your starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm starting him this week, but definitely. I, uh, I do feel as though maybe this is how we can cl- kind of close it out. I feel as though I may, if I make it to the, uh, the championship next week, might be starting Baker Mayfield. The quarterback. <laughs> oh. I got to follow your heart. <laughs> He's been playing well and they're playing the Jets. Sure. Absolutely. But that just says, but then I'm like, does that just mean Nick Chubb is going to rush for 500 yards and I'm going to lose because I was, I tried to get cute. I mean, I don't know. Do you, you gotta, you gotta follow I feel your like heart. you kind of in the fantasy playoffs have to get cute. People are run down. People are worn down. Uh, you know, those, yeah. sometimes the explosive start that got you to the playoffs is run out. I don't have Todd Gurley in my starting lineup anymore. And he was there three weeks ago as a fairly important member of my team. Sure. So who knows? Trade your Todd Gurley's. <laughs> the, uh, if you, if you had one, one overall, you, you're, you're staring, you know, you're rebuilding and you have one, one, what is there a player that you think you would trade for one, one that the, the other person would just be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I mean, for next year, I don't know. I'd almost, I would, I'd be happy trading for a whole bunch of the people who got drafted in the first round of 2020. For one, I don't know if anyone would do that, but I mean, the problem is, I think all those guys have finally shown what they're. I think yeah. you could maybe. I think the only one that you would maybe be able to acquire for one one is James Robinson, just because there's the stigma of he's an undrafted rookie. You know, there's no yeah. capital spent on him. This might be a unicorn of a season. Sure. Um. I don't, I don't know. It, it's really hard to figure, like, everyone kind of values that 1-1 one, one a little differently. I would definitely, if I had the 1-1, one, one, I'd wait up until the draft before I traded it because that the value of that pick, like, only increases as you get closer to the draft as people, like, start getting excited about the draft. Um, so, yeah, if you want to acquire picks, do it now. If you want to move picks, wait until the draft. That's yeah, my advice. No, that, that's solid advice. People get crazy once the draft comes. If you mm-hmm. are in a position where you are talent deficient and you have the number one pick, and you, so you're offered the fifth and the tenth, which way are you going? Just historically speaking, knowing what five and ten generally put out. Yeah. Uh Five being generally either the tail end of the elite running backs or the best wide receiver, and yeah, I, I think I, I think I would go for the five, the five and ten. 
Yeah. Would you pick a wide receiver or a running back? Would you go with the uh, the Cam Akers or the the Cam, the CD Lamb, which were generally in <laughs> you know non super flex? They were they were the the five and the six. That that'd be really hard for me. <laughs> I I think I kind of like that's that's like a coin toss for me. I it, it depending on your team. I it, I think it definitely depends. This year I would have picked Akers based off my personal t- team composition and what I was like trying to do. But if, yeah, if, if you're rebuilding, you might want CD lamb. You know, so this is a good question because I feel like these would be two guys to have uh, for your rebuild to build that strong wide receiver core. And you currently own both of them. Uh, I think we've agreed that there's a, there's a tier and it's hard to pick the one, but, Metcalf, Brown, those type of guys are about as as good as it gets for dynasty wide receivers. What would it take for you to move off of them? <laughs> uh, at this point, I'm not looking to move off them, but it would it would take like a high draft pick and like something else I need, like a really high end tight end or I don't know some something else that's gonna help move my team forward, like a a high running back and like a I don't know like I'm I'm in year two of my rebuild and I really don't need wide receivers right now and I like that um and that would change if I traded them right just wondering as those I think would be if you wanted current players in the league to build a strong wide receiver core I mean you have them yeah that was year one of my rebuild (laughs) Yeah, that worked. Well, I mean, it worked. Yeah. Uh, I would also consider drafting whatever Memphis running back because they are, they have produced running backs for the NFL. Like Ole Miss has produced uh, wide receivers. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's about it for for the the rebuild. You got anything you want to add to it? Uh not, not unless you want to talk about football that happened this week. But. Um, not really. This isn't. That's not really pertinent to us. I mean, Lamar yeah. Jackson almost shit himself. I mean, yeah. I guess that's. I mean, that's a little bit of a dynasty story. As as a Lamar Jackson owner, did you love to see, like, kind of a return of Lamar? Oh, absolutely. Do you think that oh, was I, would, one I, would, I was starting to believe you. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't think he was necessarily bad. I just thought, you know. Yeah, I guess you pr- you probably thought this would happen where he wouldn't possibly be as good as last year. Right. I, I think he was going to – if you had told me anybody picked him over Patrick Mahomes in a draft, I'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is the best football player on the planet, and you're silly to pick Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but I think last year in the off season there would definitely you would have found people who did think that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was an unprecedented season. So. Yeah. All right. Next week closing up the season, we'll have the hot takes for 2021. It's where we start. We we all look in our crystal balls. I believe Kevin is going to appear and defend Cam Akers. <laughs> I'll reach out to Doug. Maybe 
Maybe we can get Bill Barnwell on here to uh, lament about how sad he is that he missed out on the the last playoff spot. Ooh. And maybe you might be talking to two sad guys next week if we both lose in the playoffs. And Doug and, hey. and Kevin can rejoice. <laughs> and then What's they'll the, be facing I think, off. I think you're projected to win by quite a bit, aren't you? I mean, yeah, but that can change real fast. Well, right. I'm I mean, my, 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 I'm projected to win by two points, and you are projected to win. You're projected to lose by two points now. Oh, you better make some changes. <laughs> That's probably because you have most uh, in your lineup. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's borderline. Oh yeah, his projected number went down to zero. I got a question for you. This is real talk. This is like inside baseball stuff. Would you tonight, if he's active, start Keenan Allen, injured, probably not playing quite a bit, so he's not going to be his normal self, or Cole Beasley? Uh, I'd probably start Cole Beasley. That's what I – That's what uh, it, unless, unless you're projected to lose by a bunch and you need – the potential to score a lot projected to win by seven yeah I would, I'd, I'd probably stick with Beasley yeah I mean it's tough yeah that, that's like n- n- not the kind of decision you want to have to try to make all right well maybe I'll report back and uh, maybe at some point I mean I'm lucky enough that none of my Three dynasty teams need a rebuild. They're all in pretty good shape. <laughs> so hopefully my advice and Dave's advice to you was good. And uh, I'm going to go move some snow. Ooh. Can't <laughs> wait. some snow. Fire up the do, snow. Do you, have a, do you have a snowblower? Oh, you do. I do have a snowblower. I also have super light snow. So I might try to use the leaf blower to blow all the snow off the car. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. It's a, it's a snow hack. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to snowblow. See you all later. All right. See you later.